Hey man, I am so excited to be with you, and it's really fun to get to do this twice again, which is super fun. Thank you so much for joining us on this day. And uh, I just want to jump right in. I'm going to go ahead and just read the story for all of us of what happened on this day 2,000 years ago. Matthew chapter 28 is where we're going to look, if you want to look at that, and then we'll uh, uh, continue on. After the Sabbath, at dawn, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone, and he sat on it. I love this scene. It's <laughs> so great. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and they became like dead men. The angel said to the woman, Don't be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. But he is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. And then go quickly and tell his disciples, He is risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. And there you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid and yet filled with joy. And they ran to tell his disciples. And suddenly, Jesus met them. What was that like? Greetings, he said. And they came to him. They clasped his feet. And they worshiped him. And then Jesus said, Don't be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Can you guys even begin to imagine what it must have been like for these people who had given up their lives for three years to follow this man, believing that he was going to be the one to set all of Israel free, the, this Messiah, and then as we celebrated on Friday, to watch the one who all your hope is in to be crucified. And then all of a sudden, all of your despair is turned into incredible hope. Defeat, that's what they were feeling. They were absolutely defeated. Is now all of a sudden turned into a victory that they had no idea could ever happen. Their great sadness is turned into overwhelming peace. Their fear, they're all huddled up together out of fear is suddenly turned into this incredible boldness. And the greatest dreams, you guys, the greatest dreams that they possibly could have had of what Jesus Christ would do if he really was the Messiah was squat compared to what he actually did. And, and they lived more intimately after this resurrection. They lived more intimately with Jesus than they ever did when they walked with him every day in the flesh. Man, what this day must have been like for his followers to see the dead Savior risen again. But the question for us is, what does that mean for us 2,000 years later? Today, is your life characterized by this type of hope 
Do you have this victory in your life? Do you have this type of peace? Do you have boldness? Do you have a faith in something that's so far behind? Like you, you know it's greater than anything your mind can conceive, but you're putting your faith in that. And do you have, do you experience this intimacy with Christ? Are you experiencing life on this planet in union with God? Well, let me just tell you. Here's what Easter, why we're all gathered here today. Here's what it means for us today. Romans chapter 6, verse 4. Just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live new life. Now let me just point out a few things that are really important about this. Just as, those two words. Come on, man. And and this is where we need to kind of just, we need some spiritual smelling salts, I think, sometimes. Especially for those of us who've maybe been in the church for a long time. It's like, oh, it's Easter, and we, we get together, and we forget the absolute craziness of this truth. Just as Christ was raised from the dead, in other words, in the same manner, you can live a new life. Can I ask you, anybody want a new life? I mean, yeah, okay, six of us. This is great. This is going to be awesome. No, here's what I know. I I don't care how great your life is. We all have stuff going on inside of here that we wish would get better. We all have stuff going on with the person you're sitting next to that you wish could get better. You all know that you wish this last year when COVID hit and everything that you could put your hope in started getting dashed, that you could have responded better and had more peace. Man, God is saying, no matter what your struggle is today, I have a new life that's possible for you to live, and it's just as Christ was raised from the dead. And here's what I want to show you, though. The other thing that's really important about this verse is how does that happen? How in the world can you live a new life that's far beyond anything that you could possibly muster up yourself? It's through the glory of the Father. And here's my phrase for us today. I, want to, I am hoping by the time you leave today that you are absolutely have a deep conviction and become convinced that there is a new life that's possible for you. But here's the key. New life is all from God. New life is all from God. And I'm going to show you this, that there is a God who loves you. I'm telling you, man, he loves you. He cares about you. He has life for you, and he wants you to know today that you can be living in it, but you're not going to figure it out yourself. But, man, you have a God who wants to give it to you. And he'll give it to you fresh today, any of you who want. I don't care how long you've been walking with him. If you've known God for 50 years, it can be fresh and better today than it was yesterday. And if you've never tasted it, if you've never tasted having a living God living inside of you, man, get ready, all right? So I'm going to pray one more time for us, and then we're going to dive in. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for every person who's here. Thank you for every person who's watching right now online, because you care for them. And I ask in Jesus' name that you might awaken all of our hearts, God. We believe with all of our, we we really believe you're here. When Jesus taught us to pray, saying, our Father who art in heaven, that wasn't distant, It's here. Heaven is this present spiritual realm that you exist in, and you are closer than the air that we breathe. You are here right now to speak to us, to fill us, and to give us life. 
God, I'm just going to ask, would you just take any word I say and may you anoint it with your spirit. May, may, may people actually hear your voice as we look at this amazing day. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Well, if you guys have read the Bible very much at all, uh, especially Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, those four books in the New Testament are the four stories of Jesus. And when you look at the life of Jesus, you see how he actually taught. And what we realize about Jesus is that he usually told stories, right? He, sometimes they were called parables, or he would just use illustrations that people were used to in their life. So he'd say something like, a kernel of wheat must fall to the ground and die, or else it, re- it remains a single seed. And everybody goes, well, we live in agriculture, we understand that. Or he would say something like, Let's, let me tell you a story about a, a man who lost a sheep, right? And, and we're all like, well, I've never lost a sheep. Well, most people knew what it was to be a shepherd and to potentially lose sheep. So what I'm going to do today is uh, I'm going to share a, a story that I think illustrates where we're going to go today. Um, it's an illustration from my life. So I've just wrote this out, and I'll, I'll read it to you. Suppose a man and his wife sit down to watch Netflix. Right? I mean, that's how Jesus, that's what it would have been like back then. Their TV's old. In fact, they've lost the remote control, so they actually have to get up and walk over to the TV to turn it on and off or change the input or channel. One day, they turn it on, but instead of a picture, they are only vertical, multicolored lines. They wait for a while, and eventually the lines fade away, and the picture comes on. This goes on for quite some time, with the length of time of those vertical lines increasing. But no big deal. You just turn on the TV five minutes before you want to watch it, which the couple never actually remembers to do. So instead, most of the Orville Redenbacher movie theater butter popcorn is gone before the show actually starts. But one day, the vertical lines don't go away. And right before, March Madness is going to begin. And now we have a crisis. So, what do they do? Well, they borrow their daughter's TV. But then it finally begs the discussion. We could get a new TV. They've even heard of and seen others possess what's called a smart TV, which obviously means the one they've possessed is dumb. So they eventually purchased this new smart TV, and who knew how good life can be? You guys, you can really live a new life. It's amazing. Instant Amazon and Primetime and Netflix because there's a remote control again, but now you don't even have to go through the process and the effort of touching a button. You can just speak, and it listens. And it does exactly what you tell it to do. LED, 4K, UHD. I have no idea what that means, but... The picture, it's like when my daughter came home after she went and got glasses for the first time, and she said, you guys, there's actually leaves on the trees. You can see them. It does things, and it has capabilities the old TV never could do. Couldn't do it. Why? Because there's a new operating system in this smart TV. Now, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And go and learn what this might mean. You guys, here's what I know this Easter, is that we can have a new life. We can. You know, if you would have a new operating system inside of you, you could see clearer, you'd respond to the voice of, of the one who actually is in control, 
you would have capabilities that right now, in and of yourself, you do not possess. But there is something that could come inside of you and change all of that. Now, on the flip side, some of you have already purchased this new TV. (laughs) You already have the new operating system inside of you. But right now, all you know how to do is turn it on and the picture looks better. (laughs) And there is so much more available to you. You know, when I was actually thinking about putting this together, I thought some of you were going, dude, why did you wait so long to just get a stupid TV? And all I could think of was Jesus. For three years, for three years, he lived in this amazing life, a supernatural life on earth. He had impact and people were amazed at him. The authority and the power that he had over nature and the spiritual world and illness. And then he had this incredible ability to love everybody. All the people you weren't supposed to love, Jesus could love them. And he lived that life for three years. He taught them all about it. He asked them to come and follow him. And what's interesting is when you read Jesus' story, you can see his teaching gets more intensified near the end. Because he's, you guys, come on, man, I'm leaving soon. Why won't you buy the new TV? You can see what it does. And yet, many of us still don't want it. Hey, can I, and let me tell you something else. You can actually sit in church every week, your whole life, and still only see vertical lines. But I'm telling you today, you can have a new operating system put inside of you and it makes you capable of doing things you will never do on your own. Romans 6.4, again, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, ye too may live a new life. And I'm telling you, man, I have tasted it, I want more of it, and I want it so badly for every one of you. It's the only reason we're here. It is the only reason we moved here from Michigan 17 years ago. It's because we knew that God loved you and he cared about you and he wants you to know there's life beyond anything you've ever dreamed. So new life is all from God, okay? I'm gonna unpack this. I'm gonna show you three things that are supernatural. By the way, can can we just admit for a second that what we believe is pretty wacky? Right, I mean, to actually believe that a man could die and rise from the dead. You know what that's called? It's called supernatural. It means there is more to the natural world, and there is. And that's what Jesus did when he came and showed authority and the ability to do miraculous things. It showed us that there is something beyond what you can see in this world. And now Easter, his resurrection from the dead, shows us that there is a supernatural power. And so what Jesus is saying, what God is saying is, that's what I want to give you. And that's why most of us doubt that it's actually there. Because we can't feel it. We can't muster it up. We can't make it happen ourselves. But I'm going to show you three things that God does in how he gives us new life that are supernatural. Look at this, 2 Corinthians 5. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, that person is a new creation. The old is gone, the new is here. All this, you guys see this? All this is from God. New life is all from God. 
He reconciled us to himself through Christ, and he gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. All right? Let me share with you the first supernatural thing that God will do to give you new life. All right? Here it is. God actually joins us into new life. In that verse, verse 17, it said, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, that person is a new creation. What does that mean? What does it mean to actually be in Christ? Well, here's another crazy verse. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17 says this. The person who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. God is saying, I can actually join you to Jesus Christ to the point where you become one spirit. Now, let me show you. The thing that's really important here is this is a passive verb, okay? This is not an active verb. If it was an active, that means that's something you could do. You could figure out how to join yourself to Jesus Christ, but you can't do that. God does that. God will join you to the Lord, and then you become one spirit with him. Now, what does that mean? And I, I'm going to tell you, if, 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 if most of you understand this, I'd be, I'd be shocked. Because I've, I've understood this for 33 years, and it's still a mystery to me. In fact, the Bible says this is the ultimate mystery, that Jesus Christ can actually be inside of you. But not just inside of you, one spirit with you. Here's what this means, you guys, and this is so important. When that happens, and you and Jesus become one spirit, then everything that is true about Jesus becomes true about you. Everything that is true about Jesus becomes true about you. So, Friday night we celebrate what? Jesus is on the cross and he's dying. Why is he dying? He's dying on the cross because all of the sin of the world, yours, everything you've ever done wrong, the Bible tells us Jesus was actually dying, taking on God's wrath for sin, the punishment for sin. So when you become one spirit with him, that means that when Jesus received the punishment, your sin already received the punishment. This is the greatest news in all the world. You know what? I'm not going to get it for all the junk I've done. And if you put your faith in Christ, you aren't either. And, and, and just the opposite is if you're not in Christ, well, that means you're going to try to stand before a holy God and go, well, man, I, don't, I can just tell you this. I don't want to stand before a holy God and go, look how good I did, God. No, I want to be one in Jesus. But not only is it true that all my sins are forgiven because God has joined me and made me one with Christ, that's when we baptize you, right? You baptize you into making sure that you know you are forgiven, but you are also raised with Christ. The power that Jesus had could not keep him in the grave because he had no sin in him. And so he was able to raise up and have power over sin. And if you're one in spirit with Jesus, that is the only way you have power over sin. You guys, this is the greatest news in all the world. We actually can be free from the penalty of sin and free from the power of sin, and there's only one way. It's you let God join your spirit with Jesus because he's the only one who could pay the price and not die forever, and he's the only one who had the power over it.
All right? Now, let's go on to the next thing. God joins us into new life. Secondly, God reconciles us into new life. 2 Corinthians 5, 18 and 19. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ, and he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. Okay? I, I, I've always loved this, you guys. Who was God reconciling? He's reconciling who? The world. The world. That means every person, right? God so loved the world. So can I just tell you, I don't care who you are in this room. It doesn't matter what you believe. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you're at on your faith journey. This verse right here says, I want you to know, God is saying, I want you to be with me. Here's what the scripture tells us. Every human being on this planet, the only reason you're here, the only reason you exist is because God thought of you. You were created in him, in his mind. You are his idea. And then you're created by him, and then you were created for him. The reason we're here is because we were supposed to be having this union with God. We were supposed to have everything we lost. See, because you know, you guys, all sin is, sin is simply me saying, you know what? I want to be independent of you, God. I actually don't want you in my life. I want to be in control of my life. And, and the other thing that's weird about sin, sin is I want to be, since I want to be in control, I end up being the center of my life. So I love myself more than others. I love myself more than God. And can I just tell you guys, this is the whole problem of the world. This is why, this is why all our relationships fall apart. This is the issue, and God has come, and he said, listen, you're separated from me but I want you. And you guys, here's what's interesting. In Romans 5, and, and, and you guys can read this later, it's Romans chapter 5, and it's, it's one of my favorite passages in all the Bible. But it simply says that while we were powerless, okay, let me just ask you, if you're powerless, what can you do? Nothing. Right when we were powerless, ungodly, which means we aren't doing, living a life that God wants us to do, sinners, means we can't do, we're falling short of God's standards, and when we were his enemies. He goes, when you were powerless, ungodly, sinners, and my enemies. He goes, that's when I die for you. I want you back. And by the way, can I, can I just ask you, how many powerless, ungodly, sinning enemies are actually going to reconcile themselves to God? You're just not going to do it. And here's the greatest, again, part of the greatest news in all the world is God is saying, but I will reconcile you to me. You guys, this new life, it all comes from God. And here's the last one. God not only says, I will join you to Jesus, I will reconcile you to myself so that there won't be another day that you're apart from me, the last thing he says is this. God fills us with new life. He fills us with new life. This is one of my favorite verses, Romans 8, 11. Look at this. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And look at this. 
And just as, there's the word again, just as God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. This is, this is amazing. You guys, this is when we need our spiritual smelling salts. And just remind us, it's like, wait, what, did, what actually happened on Easter? God raised a man from the dead. He raised Jesus from the dead. And he's saying, in the same way that I did that, I can give life to your mortal body because I will put my spirit inside of you. So, one more illustration for you. So I could sit here and I could look at this coat, right? And I could go, all right, coat, let's go. Come on. <laughs> you know, do something. Hop on me, I'm cold. You guys, you guys know this, right? This coat is not going to do anything by itself. It can't. And that's what the scripture tells us. It's like you are actually dead in your sin, which means I, I can't do it. I can't do what God asked me to do. And then what does God do? He says, I will put my life inside of you. And now here's the most amazing thing, you guys. This coat right now, it will do whatever the life living inside it does. And now, all of a sudden, this coat will move. It can't do it by itself. But this is what God is saying, you guys. You are this coat and God is saying, I will energize you, I will put my life inside of you, and I will put this new operating system in you, and you will be able to live in ways that by yourself you never could do. You know what Jesus said? He said, you can't actually enter my kingdom. You know, we, we call heaven the kingdom of God. He goes, you can't actually enter my kingdom by yourself. He says the only way you can enter it, in other words, the only way you can actually live a life in union with me is he says you must be born again of my spirit. You must receive my spirit and then you can live it. And you guys, this new life, it's all from God. And what is God? God is love. What's the power, you guys? Like, I read, what's the power to be able to love somebody? Where's the power to love your husband? Where's the power to love your wife? Like, I remember before I ever met Susie, I felt like God had just told me, it's like, David, here's the deal. I love her, and I'm looking for a man to be able to love her through. Did you guys know what, that's, what actually marriage is supposed to be all about? Is God actually loves us, and so he wants to fill us. Again, Romans 5 says, he pours his love into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that he gives us. And now all of a sudden, you have a spiritual power to love. You have a spiritual power to forgive, because that's what God does. He forgives everybody. You have a spiritual power to have compassion. All of the addictions, all of the things that you don't have the power right now over, God totally has that power. And you can be this coat hanging here, trying out of your own strength to do it, or on Easter, you can remember that just as God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, the same spirit that did that miraculous thing can come and live inside of you so that you can live a supernatural life. You were made 
And Jesus came so that you could live a new life. Happy Easter, everybody. That's what he came to do for you. Now, when God fills us with this life, I love this. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18 and 19 says this. He says, I pray that the eyes, listen to this, I pray that the eyes of your heart will be enlightened in order that you may know his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength that he exerted. Listen to this. It's the same power that he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead. Hey, K2, like, and I know many of you are visiting today, and we have lots of friends, but many of you are part of our church. I want to say to all of you today, my prayer, again, the only reason we're here, I'm so asking that my heart will be enlightened. I'm praying that your heart will be enlightened so that you might, that I might, that we as a church might actually know this incomparably great power for us who believe. It's like the power he raised Christ from the dead. Can I just, can I just ask you, don't, don't raise your hand, just I want you to contemplate this. How many of you would sit here and say, man, that is me. Are you experiencing the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit who rose Jesus from the dead? This is why we're here, man. This is why we're celebrating Easter. This is why every year we come back to this. This is why we teach it all week long. We have to remember this. This is unbelievable. And so, by the way, starting next week, we're actually going to do a series called Unlimited. And we're going to teach you. We're going to try to equip you. We're going to try to help you to understand this unlimited power of the Holy Spirit. Most people don't understand the Holy Spirit. So we're going to teach about him. We're going to equip you. We're going to help you to know how do I actually live in this supernatural life and not just believe that it might happen, but experience it. So let me close with this today on this Easter. What do we do? Well, the Bible tells us that this power is for us who believe. So the first thing I just want to say, I just want to say thank you to any of you guys who, who showed up here today at church. Because um, we know church isn't like the most popular thing in the world to do. But I just want to say thank you. Thanks for being here. Ephesians 2.8 says this. It is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. All of new life, you guys. New life, all, is all from God. It's a gift. And you know what's amazing? The Bible just says, if you receive him, if you believe in him, in other words, if you just put your faith in him, and you just say, you know what, God? I want you to come into my life. I want to trust you. I don't want to be separated from you anymore. Not now and not for eternity. I don't want another day, another moment that I don't have the living presence of God with me. And I want to be assured that when it's over here, that I am going to heaven. He says, then all you got to do is say this. I want you in me. Jesus, I want you in me. 
And you know what you do? You just go, so take my life. I give you my life. And here's what will happen. The Bible says if you believe and if you receive, two things will happen. You will be made one with Christ, and therefore all of your sin, everything you've ever done, will be wiped away, and God will forgive you completely and totally. There will be no more guilt. There will be no more shame, and you will be free. If you'll receive him, you receive eternal life, and you receive forgiveness. But the second thing you receive is God's spirit will come inside you, and he will live with you, and God will join you with him, and everything that Jesus is, love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and self-control, wisdom and strength, all that Jesus is will now be inside of you through his spirit. And all you have to do today is say, Jesus, I want you to come inside of me and I give you my life. And if you do that, you will experience a supernatural change inside of you. And Jesus said, and that's how it happens. Happy Easter to you today. But then the second thing I want to say as we close is this. And that's for all of us in this room who've actually received this. You actually own a smart TV. You have the operating system inside of you, and all you've been doing is clicking it on and watching it. And there is a whole manual that has all this goodness inside of it. Man, this is when Paul says, I pray that you would know him better. Well, I am praying that you will know him better. I don't know about you guys. I don't know how many days I've left on this earth, but I want to live every one of them as full and as complete as I can. Don't you? All of you guys who actually know him. Here's, my, here's, here's what I have for you. I pray that your heart would be revived. I pray to God you'd stop doing church I pray to God you'd stop doing religion. I pray to God you'd stop trying to prove that you're good enough by being a moral person, which then just makes you better than other people or worse than other people. I pray that the gospel that you would remember today, that you didn't do none of this, but God did all of it. And I pray it would humble you, and I pray that you would be amazed again that you possess it. You have been united with Jesus Christ who rose from the dead. And he is living today to give you everything you need for life. And most of us who are Christians are just, we're not living different than anybody else. And Easter is our day to say, you know what, Jesus, take me today too. Can I just be honest with you? I totally believe you. I know you're inside of me, but I don't live like it. <laughs> and I don't want that anymore. Will you forgive me for how I've been living separate from you? Will you forgive me for my anger and my bitterness and my judgment of other people? Jesus, come and take me. You guys, my hope for this Easter is that you'd fall on your face again and just remember, oh my goodness, God did all of this. He saved me. He joined me with Christ. He reconciled me to himself. He put his spirit inside of me, guaranteeing what is to come. And Paul says, man, so I fight the good fight. Do you guys know this is, a, he goes, I fight the good fight of faith so I can finish the race marked out for me. Man, let's fight this thing, you guys. And since we live by the Spirit, the Bible says then live, then walk 
in the Spirit. And all this is possible because of Easter. All of this is possible because of Easter. So you know what Jesus said? Here's what Jesus said. Remember me. Remember me. He he knew us. He knew that we'd screw up after we'd already received him. And then we'd feel shame and the, the spiritual enemy would lie to us and make us think we're not good enough for God. You'd start feeling guilty. And anytime you feel shame, some of you guys have felt that. Man, you don't feel powerful and free when you got shame in your life. Hey, guys, followers of Jesus, come on, man. You are one with him. That means whatever's true about Jesus is true about you. And Jesus already died to sin. Your sin's already paid for. You are free, man. Be forgiven in Christ and get on with it. That's what's yours in him. And follower of Christ. That's why Jesus said, here, we got to take communion. So that's what we're going to do, right? Y'all got your little communion cups here? Jesus said, come on, please, don't get duped into this thing and forget what I've done for you. He goes, I shed my blood for you to forgive you of all of your sin. So he said, do this in remembrance of me. And then the second thing he said is, here's my body. And right, this guy, he did this right before he went to the cross. He said, and here's my body which is broken for you. Basically what Jesus is saying is my body is my life. I love you so much that I'm gonna give you my life. And this portion of the communion, when we take his body, we put it in our mouth and we ingest it and it goes into your very system. Every time I personally do that, I just go, Jesus is living inside of me. His spirit is inside of me. I think that's why Jesus, you got to do this, man. Don't forget, you are never alone. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I'm with you. And so if you have made that decision to say, Jesus, take my life. And if you've been reconciled to God and he's forgiven you of all your sin and you've received his spirit, then Jesus says, and here's what I want you to do. He said, on the night when he was betrayed, he took a piece of bread He broke it, and he said, this is my body given for you. This is my life given for you. This is my love. I want you to know how much I love you. Take and eat in remembrance of me. Let's honor Jesus for what he's done, guys. Let's take and eat in remembrance of Christ. And then after he did the bread, he took a cup of wine, and he said, and this is my blood that is shed for you for the forgiveness of all of your sin. Come on, man. I die for you. You are forgiven. Don't live in shame. Don't live in guilt. Confess your sin today. Confess it new, and he will forgive you of all of your sin. He will cleanse you from everything wrong you've ever done, and you will experience union with God. Praise the Lord Jesus for what he's done for us. Let's take and drink and remember him. Father, on this day, man, we just say we love you. We thank you that you love the world so much that you sent your one and only son so that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. God, we thank you for sending Jesus, but Jesus, we also worship you, that you would suffer on this planet for us, that you would die in our place. You would receive God's wrath so we never will. That's amazing to me. And I worship you and I thank you for bottom of my heart for the forgiveness of all my sin that reconciled me back to God. 
Lord, may you just come now in your power of your Holy Spirit. Remind us, God, that you have the power to help us live a new life. The same power that rose Jesus from the dead. That same spirit now dwelling within us. God, do something crazy awesome with your church. May we look like you as we trust you. This amazing love that you have poured into us. And I pray for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, happy Easter, everybody. You have an amazing God who has loved you and done so much for you. All right? Let's stand. Let's stand together and let's worship one last song to our good God.